Welcome to What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients podcast with your hosts, Joel Miner and Andrew Quadrio. Joel and Andrew are on a mission to make you aware of all the unnecessary pain and unavoidable costs that commonly happens throughout a building or renovating process, educate you on how to avoid these common mistakes, as well as share knowledge, experience, ideas and inspiration so you can enjoy your building experience. What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of What Builders, Builders Don't Tell Their Clients. Hey Andrew, how are you? G'day Joel, how are you? G'day everybody, welcome back. So we were just having a conversation off air and we wanted to touch base on I had a recent uh, a client meeting with a lady this afternoon and uh, it seems to be quite a common topic with a lot of people working out like how to, how to make sure we can afford our renovation or is it going to be possible or we have no idea on what costings are so how do we go about this and, and where do we, you know, it's like there's no point moving forward if we're not going to be able to afford it or it's just we want to know some direction so we can work out where to go. And this seems to be, like I said, a common topic that a lot of people seem to have and it's it comes up quite often. And we just want to break into a couple of things just to talk about um, some of the things that can help you with this particular scenario and also give you a gauge what to look for, how you can help yourself to be able to find out whether this is going to be possible. And from there, then you can make the decision on, you know, just to be able to get a bit of background information on what to do. So, um, you know, I was speaking with a lady this afternoon. She was, we had an initial client meeting. We went and had a look at her job. And basically, some of the, like she said, was, you know, we're not sure what's going to be possible. You know, I need some assistance on, you know, do we go out this side or do we come out this way or do we do this or do we do that? And it was just she was really looking for some guidance on what to do and I find a lot of people aren't sure with costings and even just they they need some help on you know do we build out this way or build out that way and it just it really made me thought about this topic and I thought I'd break into it with Andrew just to go along and essentially say you know how are some of the things how do you find a builder that you know can give me an estimated cost or how do we get an accurate cost Um, is it important to have the builder and designer collaborate all that sort of stuff so I'm sure you'd pop into a couple of this too Andrew with with clients just needing some sense of direction I guess yeah it happens all the time I actually I did speak to a lady this afternoon about this very similar topic they wanted to put a granny flat for the sister that's um uh um ill uh in a shed that they've got out the back of their place not far from um from our from here and uh she was like, yeah, we're not sure which way we're going to go. We sort of just want some advice on how much things are going to cost and then we can, you know, make a decision as to which direction we travel in and, and then, you know, get more some more accurate costings from there. So, I mean, for me to provide that for her, I can we can sort of call on a bit of experience a bit. And, I mean, and you've got to remember that an estimate is just an estimate. It's a guess. And we sort of use our knowledge and our expertise to mould that guess into as accurate as it can be, but it can be quite a large ballpark. Um, I sort of, I sort of go off a square metre rate range. It's usually have quite a large range, um, and then I say, well, look, you do you wanting to do, you know, a bedroom and a, a bedroom and a bathroom and maybe a family room out of the back sort of thing. That's going to be. 60 odd square meters at you know this much of this much a square meter between this much and this much a square meter gives us you know the total sort of budgetary figure that's what you're sort of looking at there's so many variables it's not funny it's it's infinite the amount of variables like scale scope logistics material availabilities which is becoming a problem at the moment in the building industry in australia um uh, and 
selections, what you select, yeah, and, and, and fixtures and fittings, that sort of stuff. So there's a massive amount of variables in it, but you can get a pretty good idea of what you should be as a as the client, as as the renovator, what you should be looking at spending um, to get that sort of thing. But I mean, it comes back to to get any more accurate than that, you've got to go through the documentation process. So you've really got to get clear, as we've said before in previous podcasts, we really got clear on what's really important to you and what your purpose of the, of the project is, what's really important to you and then your needs, wants and dreams for the project and prioritize those. Yeah, definitely. And I want to actually go back to that, like that question and where it orientates from, I guess, is coming from someone who doesn't know how things work and how much things are going to cost. But I think deep down, it's more or less like a, do we move question or do we stay where we are? Like it's almost a question out of not fear, but like are we going to overcapitalise on what we currently have and do we like living here enough to spend the money or do we go, nah, stuff it, we're moving and we're going to build a new house because one, we're going to get more value out of that for resale purposes. You know, mm. example, she this particular lady also had a hair salon underneath. She said, you know, they had a chat with her, a banker or accountant who does who um, does all our accounts, and she was saying that, you know, we want to be able to move. Like, she if she was going to move, there's another. She has a hair salon salon underneath. She works from home. She couldn't find the hair salon and the deck and bed extra bedroom that she was after on any other house. So it was, she could she may have found the extra bedroom, but then she still had to renovate and do the salon underneath the house again mm-hmm. anyway. So yeah. it was one of them things, it's like, well, I've got the salon, you know, maybe I just put the deck and everything at the back and the extra bedroom, which is yeah. fine. But that her thing was, is like, do I overcapitalise or do I try and find somewhere else? And at the end of the day, I'm probably not going to find somewhere with a salon that hasn't, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do one or the other, deck and bedroom yeah. or salon, because it wasn't suited to her needs. So I guess it comes down to where you like to live, how you like to live and where you're currently living, neighbours, etc. You know, if you've got a good neighbourhood, then that's, I find a lot of the pe- re- people reasons mm. for renovating. They, like, love the area. It's five minutes from work. Neighbours yeah. are good. Got kids. They all play on the street, etc. But it's, it's, it's really coming down to, like you said, the purpose you're going to use it for and, you know, do you enjoy living there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Yeah, it comes to, it's, it, it's a very personal decision in the end. Like, it's financial, but it's also very personal in the end. You need to really consider what the benefits are for staying and going and and why the pros and cons for both op- for both options for sure and that needs to be you know that that alongside the, the the money the money question needs to be you know i think i think they need to be sort of on par with how, how important they are all right and if i guess if people like let's you know people go don't i don't know how much it's going to cost whether we can do it or not i guess what is a good way let's break down a good way of being able to find out from the renovator or the person wanting to renovate and as well as the builder, but how how can the you know, the person who's wanting to do the renovation without even going to see a builder to find out or help themselves to be able to, you know, get a bit of background information on what's going to be possible for their particular project? Um good to Because I know we're talking about this with like a pre approval I guess sort of income. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we've said it before, but I think the first step for people needs to be that they go and see the bank and see how much they can realistically borrow. 
Um, so their uh, loan serviceability ability. Um, so go to the bank, see them and say, look, we're looking at renovating the house, but we don't know how much we can spend. Um, can you give us an idea based on our current income and then you know, how much we can service? Um, and then that, at least you've then got a budget figure that you can sort of work up to. Um, and then that will allow the builder to um, and the designer to work together to, or the architect or, or draftsman, whoever it is, could work together to build, um, or not to build, but to uh, build a design, sorry, that uh, can suit your budget instead of throwing everything in, everything you want in it. And then you get this, you get this, um, you get a plan that's three times as much as you want to spend, and then you've got to cut things out and kill your dream. Um, so I think it's really important to knowing your budget to start with, knowing how much you can spend, how much you can service on the loan is really, really important. And I, then I guess, I guess yeah. also like, and people go, Oh, you know, it's, you know, but we're going to add a heap of value to the house. So we should be able to get more money. But I think it's a really like, it's a, like what you just said, like loan serviceability, but it's a really good starting point. Like mm. there's no point wasting your time and money going through the planning stages, spending all this money on plans and engineering. And then only to find out that, you know, either the money you can get from the bank's half the amount of, you know, what you thought you were going to be able to get or what it was going to cost. And, you know, you've literally just had someone rip the dream from underneath you and it's quite a disheartening experience really, isn't it? Like, mm -hmm. to be honest, I've done it with, with clients yeah. in the past and it's it's not a fun yeah. experience. We don't like doing nah. it. Like, nah, we feel not. bad, <laughs> you know, for going, yeah. hey, sorry, but can't do this. and <laughs> Can't do this, it's three times the cost. Yeah, and it's... You know, it's not like we're out pricing things. It's just that it—that's what it takes to build what you're after. And it's—it's it's just a, it. You know, sometimes we can't work out the cost until we physically pen to paper and sit there and spend hours and hours on end trying to work out. You know, is, every, is this going to cost? Yeah, every single renovation and extension is different. Everything's custom. It's custom made to suit what you, the homeowner, wants. Um, there's no. It's not like putting up a fence where, you know, the fence is, you know, it's, it's this long, you've only got, you've got this many metres on this block and the next block that down the road, you've got this many metres, you know, you've got you know, 35 and then 36 sort of thing. So, you know exactly how much there's always the same design with a fence and that sort of stuff. Whereas with most, most renovations and additions, it's completely different every single time um, and completely different cost. Uh, that's why I use a square meter range instead of just, a, oh, this is our square meter rate because it varies so much, as I said, um, and everything's designed to suit what you're after. Yeah, good, um, as good example of that is, you know, you could have a 400 square meter house, um, could have 150 meters, lineal meters or wall frames or whatever in it. You could have another 400 mm -hmm. square meters of house with 250 lineal meters of wall frames in it. Like, there's no... Like there's no comparison in that. Like you can use a gauge, like Andrew said, you can have, you know, an X amount of dollar figure to an X amount of dollar figure to sort of work out on like a more of a budgetary sort of yeah. estimated cost. Very, very big ballpark figure. Yeah, and it, it, it just gives you an idea, an indication like, yeah, well, if we're somewhere in the ballpark and that's what we're happy to spend, then, you know, well, let's let's look at taking that next step and maybe meeting a builder and designer. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts, the importance of collaborating with a builder and designer in one hit because Andrew touched a base before with about, you know, cost. We won't get into tonight, but the cost can be, you know, nine times out of ten blow out to what, you know, you're originally wanting to spend. Uh, yeah, definitely. 
you know, so square meterage costings, it can be done for a budgetary side of things, but you really, at the end of the day, you really want an accurate cost before you decide to proceed with a builder, um, you know, which involves a lot of documentation. I know, you know, you can probably explain some of the documentation that's needed with this, you know, there's a fair bit involved. You've got to have all the cogs turning, mm. you know, we've touched on another another podcast with how you know how to give a build how to get a costing without plans like it's just it's just not doable so yeah, just you know. possible yeah so not, not not an accurate costing anyway you know to get an, to get an accurate costing you need you need formal drawings you know of some description you need either a draftsman or an architect or a designer involved um better if it's as joel said better if it's involved if a builder's involved as well because they can control the costing and someone can be running their eyes over it constantly um to control cost try and control cost um but you need uh you need architectural plans you need uh engineers drawings for the structure um because you need to know how much for example you need to know how much concrete you've got to put in the ground how thick you've got to make the slabs of the foot or the footings or how much tie down you need and that sort of stuff um someone needs to certify that in the end so there's no point in making um you know, I'm going to do 100 mil slab when it needs to be 150. Well, there's your extra over cost that you're going to, not going to budget for, and it's going to happen within the first two weeks of the job. Where you know, they're going to, people are going to, you're going to walk in, into your builder's going to come to you and say, "Oh, by the way, now we've got engineers' drawings. Um, the slab needs to be 150 mil thick instead of 100 mil thick, so you got to pay me extra." And like that's that destroys your experience because you've now lost, you know. The nice carpet, or you know, some some something else, because you've got to pay for the extra slab because it, the the pre work the, the pre building work wasn't done properly, sort of thing. So you need that. You need any consultants' reports like bushfire and flood and um, which we uh, we don't touch. Well, we do have a little bit of bushfire. We do have bushfire and flood, to be honest. But I don't touch like deal with that a lot because a lot of it's sort of in town. But you seem to deal with a fair bit. Um, yeah. So I guess where would that be required? Like. I guess some of it's sort of self-explanatory, but for the people who don't quite under, understand what that is. Yeah, so so the bushfire, um, the bushfire prone land can be, it can be quite easily, uh, like you can figure out whether that's possible or not, whether, whether that's um, uh, applicable to your block or not. Um, uh, almost every council, or at least in, I know in New South Wales anyway, that um, has, um, has a bushfire prone land map. You usually have lots of them because there's lots of lots of blocks and that sort of stuff. So you can, that's that's pretty easy to find out. Um, you can usually just ring the council and ask them. Is, am I, is my bush? Is my block bushfire prone? Because that that being a fact that that's a factor and that that increases the cost. So the difference between you know the bow a bushfire attack level of forty compared to twelve or twelve point five is the is the lowest sort of thing. So there's a big difference in what you can and can't so use on that side of the building. Does that like like is that I'm, from memory? It's like fly screen mesh, like that stuff sort of things yeah. changes. Is that yeah, that sort of, that sort of stuff. Yeah, you can't use softwood like the pine and that sort of stuff as as a cladding on the outside. You have to use a, either a specified hardwood or a masonry of some description or a fob cement cladding. Or so it makes it makes a big difference to you. Got to know that we find that out really early. Um, it's one of the first things we find out because we need to be factoring that into the design from the very beginning. Um, makes a difference with roof with um, uh, roof ventilation that sort of stuff too. So, um, yeah. so we need to, we need to know that sort of stuff. We need to also need to know one other thing that at least here in, in New South Wales that we need to know is that whether we're going to go with a development application through the council or whether we can go a complying development certificate through a private certifying authority. Um, 
uh, if we've got to go through council, it's a longer process and more costly process. But if we can go through a compliant development certificate, it's, it's cheaper, it's quicker. Like private um, certifier, sort of? Yeah, through a private certifier, so yeah, that can happen. They lodge the, the, the Yeah, the, the authority, the, um, uh, the approval can happen quicker, so you can it can get rolling quicker sort of thing. So. Um, all that stuff needs to be found out first so they can be factored into the design and then factored into the um, the the detailed proposal that the builder should provide you for the, the end sort of thing. So. Yeah, and I, I guess, like I just, I was just conversation over this later this afternoon, but stepping through the process of, you know, basically going from that, you know, are we in the ballpark sort of area of what you're thinking? And sometimes it's really hard to do this without getting plans of some, some something on paper. But I think it's really important to sort of step through the process rather than having one big lump sum of costs straight up front. Um, I don't know how you do it, but I sort of like to try and, you know, just get to the part where they can get a preliminary set of plans so that they can essentially work out like, right, we've got the, the concept, we've got the bones of the structure there. Right, let's off that structure, we can sort of work out a bit of a, a bit more of an accurate estimate. We still haven't got the final costings of everything. Well, not the final costing, sorry, but the engineering. We haven't got all the final documentation. But we can get a bit more of an accurate guide, previous experience of, you know, jobs that are done in the past, etc. But it's a really good way just to sort of step through. But there is going to be obviously a cost to get through from that. You know, you've got a designer involved. The builder's going to be there. So they're going to be collaborating. There's that cost there to essentially get something on paper to start off with and make sure it's actually going to work and all the council requirements are going to be, you know, feasible within that sort of, you know, and and that's not a dead, you know, accurate, yes, it can be done until it's submitted to council anyway, but I think it's a really good process to be able to just step through this and go, right, well, we've got the prelim plans, here's the costing, and from there, you know, most time prelim plans can be between two and $3,000, and then from there you can get a bit of an idea on where you're sitting at. But yeah. It, it's the same thing. It's trying to give an S, trying to give it an accurate cost on you know half the documentation. I, that's I there. guess it's still still on, still on limited documentation. Yeah, it, it needs to be finalised because you know the engineer might come back and say, "Hey, the soil's crap. We're gonna have to you know do bigger footings, bigger piers, stiffen the whole bottom of the end of the structure up to make sure it's not gonna fall over." So yeah, sure. You know, there's there's ways around it, but there is normally to get some of an idea there is a bit of a way to get you still have to spend some money to get some sort of a, a costing on where you want to go yeah definitely so. definitely and a, st- a staged a staged approach if you're not sure of how much things are going to cost that sort of stuff of a staged approach is is a good way of doing it um and doing yeah like you said getting this sort of um uh this sort of three Two or three, two two levels, two levels of pricing that you can, or well, three levels of pricing. You get an estimate at the very beginning of you know that budgetary ballpark figure that we were just talking about. We can then do um, get those preliminary plan, plans done. Um, sit down with the the designer or the architect uh, and and the client themselves. Get the preliminary plans done. Get them back. Say yep. So client says yes. I'm happy with those. Builder can go away make some assumptions about some things and give a not so much a hard dollar figure but a more a, a smaller ballpark if you will um uh, so you can say look you know we can we can be looking at based on this plan now we could be looking at between x and y instead of a and z yeah. for, for the 
for the estimate sort of thing. Yeah, narrow it down a bit. <laughs> and then once, if if that's still within budget or still reasonable or still you know, you know applicable to the, to the client, then we can go from there. We can then involve the consultants, engineer, bushfire, that sort of stuff. We can look at. Um, get those get that documentation so we can get a complete set of documents happening for the, the that project and then we can give them an accurate cost that is a hard dollar figure that you know you can go to the bank with effectively because yeah i don't i don't think there's no point going because i've had people in the past come to me with plans and they will draw finalized plans engineering the whole lot complete this is what we want mind yeah. heart soul set on it and yeah. then the price yeah, comes in and they go Crap. Three times as much. Didn't think that was going to happen. So it's yep. it's really, really important to make sure that... And then on the back end of that, what happens is that, right, well, we still want to renovate. we got to go back to the designer. The designer rolls the plans down scale, change things, move things around. That's going to cost. Then it has to be re-engineered. <laughs> so then there's an extra cost there. Like, it's just... It, it, I really feel for people just the importance of just not jumping straight to the conclusion just making yeah. sure that whoever's going to be possibly doing the job or at least have someone in there pricing that in the meantime, one, it's going to save you a lot of, a lot of money, <laughs> save you yeah. a lot of hassle and stress and disappointment so that you don't get to the end of this and go, shit, I'm not doing that, stuff it, we won't even worry about it, hate it. No, yeah. no, no. I've, just, I've just wasted five, six, eight, ten thousand dollars on plans and engineers reports, that sort of stuff. And then the and then, you know. The other thing as well is you you don't want to be then going and attempting to shop those plans around to builders to try and get it to your budget because you just you're just racing to the bottom of the barrel. Yep. Like it just it's just not not the way to do things. It's it's fine with blinds or, you know, appliances or something like that, because they're all the same. But you know, the, the, it's, it's so different when it comes to a, a, a massive, to a service that is such a large service to, like if you're spending a couple hundred thousand dollars, it's a huge amount of service they've got to provide and, and the difference between one and the other builder, you know, the difference in price also means if it's a huge drop in price or any drop in price, it means the drop in service too. Yeah, and I get, you know, conversation with the guy the other week, he said, um, you know, we're not looking for the cheapest price, but we're looking for the just the right person. I feel like that should happen in a lot of people's scenarios. Hundred percent. Because I feel sometimes people almost fear. get scared off from the cheapest price, especially if there's a big difference. Because it's mm. like, have they forgotten something? Did they miss something? What but they I, yes, and I think it's really important to find a builder you can trust. Not like find someone who you can really trust, have a conversation with, ask them questions. It's open and mm. honest rather than, you know, just picking yeah. one base off price because the amount of nightmare stories you hear from it, it's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it costs you more in the end anyway. Yeah. Like, right. and how much, how, much do you, how much do you value your own stress and well-being? Like, that's not, a, that's not a dollar figure you can put down quite easily, but, you know, the amount of stress and effort and, and sacrifice you've got to go to just to save that 20 yeah. or 30 grand. Yeah, great like, example. So after who? Um, had a bar, she had a bathroom done. This was the same lady. Um, had a bathroom done, and she goes to me, Did I have any previous experience renovating before? She goes, Yes, hated it. I was a project manager at 7 30 every morning, and every time there was a question, they would come down and ask me. So, like, just things like that. Like, she's like, I hadn't even selected grout colors or tiles yet, and they were halfway through renovating the bathroom. Like, are you serious? Like, 
this shit should be all sorted out before you move yeah, ahead. Before you start. And she yeah. goes, I wanted a wall hung vanity and I got one that went to the ground. I said, they can't change it now because the pipe's coming up through the floor. It's all waterproof and tiled. Mm. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> and her, her thoughts were, you know, oh, you know, people are not interested in this. They build bigger houses and they got bigger things. That's not the point. I said, that's not the point. You deserve the same amount of respect and, you know, still time. Money. You're still paying money for someone to do a job, whether it be a $400,000 house or a $20,000 bathroom. There's... You deserve the same amount of time as that person paying for the four hundred thousand dollars house, regardless. That's right. You know, hmm. but you deserve the same amount of attention. Exactly. Same level. The same level of attention. The amount of attention might go like they might spend more time, more physical time with the person that spends four hundred, but they still need to give the same the same level of attention yes. to both people. Yes. Because both clients are still paying clients. Yes, I believe that too. There's no one that should be just push to the side because, oh, you're spending less money than this person. Yeah, exactly, yeah. No, yeah. don't work like that. And that's, and that's, and unfortunately that's the mentality of builders that, that drop their prices and that sort of stuff because they, 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 in their head, they go, well, I'm not making as much money on that job as I am on that job. So I'll go and do that. I'll prioritize that job over that job. And the first job could be yours. Yes. And think of how much that's going to stress you out and, you know, I was waiting, you know, I spent all day waiting for this guy and he didn't turn up or he said he was going to be here at nine o'clock and he didn't turn up till three o'clock and I was here all day. I had to take a day off work and yes. put, put, take the dog to the to the in-laws or take, put the kids in school and he didn't turn up till three o'clock and they went and picked him up five minutes after he turned up. and <laughs> Never ends. Never um, ending. That will be enough for this week's podcast. Do you have anything else to add, Andrew? No, I'm happy with that, mate. All right, we'll see, everybody. see you all next week. This brings us to the end of this week's show. I hope you all enjoyed it. I know we did. Hit the subscribe button on all your favourite podcast apps. And if you've got any thoughts or topics that you want us to cover, make sure you hit us up in our DMs. We're on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, and this week we're brought to you by... Joel Miner from Refined Space Constructions. And I'm Andrew from Quadrio Building Services. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.